to episode four of the Callers Leicester podcast. Today we're chatting all things comedy, pubs and football with our guest. I'm delighted to have him on. Alex Hilton, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Very well. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for having me. So first of all, I wanted to start off just obviously congratulations on winning Best Show at the Comedy Festival Awards. How amazing is that? Yeah, cheers. Thank you. It was it was a lovely uh, surprise, I guess. I think like um, I didn't expect to be nominated in the first place and then uh to win it especially in like, in a, like a, such a strong category and like some like like just great acts on there um it's genuinely lovely and flattering and um it makes it feel really really worthwhile and in the context of what the show is what the show is about um yeah it was a really like nice way to to um to finish it off as it were because what is the show about for anyone that didn't see it um, so the show is called Get Rich or Die Crying, uh, and it's my first kind of full solo show. Uh, I guess, like in non-comedy terms, it's like a first album, um, and it's called Get Rich or Die Crying because basically that's what it felt like it was. I've been plowing away, uh, doing stand-up for like six years at the at the cost of like my entire personal life and like a proper job and everything else like that, and just it felt like I was putting all my eggs into one basket of making comedy sort of work and become. Um, sustainable and to achieve some level of success with it. Um, so that's what my first show was all about. It was called Get Rich Die Crying, and I spent uh, a lot of money taking it to the Edinburgh Festival, which went really, really, really well. But I was overwhelmingly ignored by uh, all the press and the whole industry, um, which was quite frustrating. And then I decided I was going to do it for the last time in Leicester, um, which is kind of like a hometown gig. And then it just went really well and people really bought into it and then it got nominated for best show and then it won best show and it's like oh okay so maybe we should do it again and well, i was um, going to say that for anyone that didn't manage to see it are you going to be doing it again yeah so should anything go back to go back to normal uh, the plan is to do some sort of tour of that show oh amazing uh, yeah i was working on a second show to take to edinburgh this year but with edinburgh fringe being cancelled it's like okay well, we'll shelve that project for a little bit and try and like make the most out of winning best show with Get Rich Die Crying. Um, on the Tuesday morning after the awards, like a flood of emails from various promoters and uh, venues that are kind of interested in taking it and putting it on in somewhere, um, which is like real nice and really, really exciting. So hopefully uh, I'll have something to announce, like a run of dates. And I will definitely do it in Leicester again as well. It's just finding the right venue. Um, and I think putting it in you know somewhere quite big hopefully and um, kind of a bit of an event out of it i'm not sure yet that must be wicked as well though to kind of once you've got the award to know that then you've got the people chasing you to come and put it on rather than because like you say if you spend years plowing away at something to then be like oh no i'm actually in a position now where people are coming to me yeah yeah it's massive because it, like i've spent so many times like emailing people being ignored and uh it's how those people come back like six months later who didn't even reply to go oh no you weren't you are all right you are good at this like it's good yeah it's exciting but that's like that's like the nature of the industry and um it's the first time i've really had any kind of like attention or heat um which is even weirder sort of spending it when that's happening like self-isolation on your own like I, i had the saddest awards party ever like it was like the awards went out to like seven o'clock in the evening and then it was just like, right, I found out about quarter to eight. I got a few text messages off people that I know saying, oh, like, congratulations, well done. My mum rang. And then uh, I had a beer and I felt a bit sleepy. I was in bed by 10 o'clock. Like, it was so 
underwhelming. Because did you know beforehand? Because I watched it online, and obviously when they did the thing of passing, did they just get everyone to film themselves in case they won? Or had they told uh, they, people Yeah, they told, they told me the day before. Oh, okay. I was so going to say, because otherwise that's a very say. clever setup. If- yeah. I, well, they, they, they were kind of non-committal, so they said, you, know, you might need to record uh, an award speech. Because obviously you travel a lot with comedy. Like every time I speak to a comedian, the main thing is obviously to travel up and down the country. And I think obviously we're all a bit biased being in Leicester, but how does Leicester compare in terms of comedy scene to other cities around the country? Um, I think I think Leicester doesn't know how good it is, if that makes any sense. Like, like all over the UK, like as, as you might expect, like London and Manchester have like amazing huge scenes. Uh, as does as does Liverpool uh, and as does Birmingham. But of the kind of like cities of Leicester's size. I think that it's like without a parallel. I think it's better than Brighton or Bristol or Newcastle and the other kind of big cities um, that get like a lot of cultural respect. Uh, and I think that that is down to the people in Leicester that have made it what it is. I think like Jack Campbell and Caroline Ryan are running um, like a really really great new at night uh, over at Manhattan Thirty Four. I think over the years, Ian Hall was doing something really special and Bruce Edhouse doing something really special uh, with Club Smashing doing like to sustain a regular alternative night that was giving a room for people to do all kind of crazy weird stuff over at the Criterion doing club smashing. And then we've got like venues in the city that have just constantly been putting stuff on, like Just a Tonic are bringing like massive acts to Leicester uh, and they're charging like a fiver to get in and they're putting like Johnny Vegas on and stuff over at Handsome Hall. And then there's just like loads of touring stuff at Firebug and Cookie and the White Theatre and the Little Theatre. And I think people don't appreciate it in Leicester and that goes beyond comedy as well. Like the music scene is amazing and the theatre scene is great. And even like the kind of more sort of specialist forms of art, like dance and poetry have their own kind of wide scenes. Uh, um, are you from Leicester, Gabby? I am, yes. Yeah, you're born and bred. Because I, I moved here six years ago and I think I've never experienced a wider art scene quite like uh, Leicester. And I just think, why would you move to London or Manchester when it's so much cheaper to live in Leicester in those cities? And culturally, it's got everything you need. Completely. But then it's so frustrating, isn't it? Because then I talk to people a lot and they're like, oh, but nothing's ever on. There's never anything on. I'm like, there's so much to go and do. You just have to find it and make the effort to go and to go and see it. Yeah, That's yeah, it. yeah. And like, I think those people, dare I say, would have to, would, would, they'd be like that if they were in London. Yeah, like, oh, completely. There, there are some people, I find it amazing. Uh, I find it, like, I met someone from, uh, like, a very well-known local paper, literally just before the comedy festival, who worked in entertainment for that paper, who said nothing ever happens in Leicester. And I was like, it's literally your job to go and find it. Like, that's people that yeah. report on this stuff. That's what they think about it. There is like, no chance people living in rural Leicester. They don't even know Leicester comedy festivals a thing. And other stuff. But that's that's why people who are doing like a podcast like this, it's so cool to like spread the word because oh, Leicester does have everything. Every it does have everything. Festivals really just kind of like the pinnacle of that, isn't it? Because there's so much still going on through the rest of the year in comedy shows, like you say, with people like Just a Tonic and things at Manhattan 34. Like it's great that we bring it all together in February, but there is still so much going on at other times of the year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think it's uh, if there's any drawback to Leicester Comedy Festival, it's that it's so big and it has such an impact. I think people people do forget that there's loads of cool stuff happening um, throughout the year in any discipline. Like I just think Leicester. Uh, for a city of its size, to sustain some of the really cool projects that I just think would wither away in other towns or cities, like find the right words over at the Westin. Like, it's such a massive, cool event, and the fact that uh, I think it's like it's like midweek, it's a little bit out of town, 
and there's people doing poetry and spoken word and it's like a well-intended like popular event um other cities don't have those sorts of luxuries like i, I come from a t- I, I come from stafford which there is nothing wrong with stafford whatsoever like stafford is like it's a nice place but there's nothing happening in stafford there's no like celebrities that from stafford there's no battle of stafford there's no sports team it's, it doesn't have any kind of identity near, to it near stoke yeah yeah stoke. and that's that's exactly it's like thing is it's near stoke that's the whole like <laughs> premise of the town Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, that, that's proof of my point is that so when you move to leicester when i was 18 and there is so much going on and you can get stuck in and there's loads of people that are saying like, no, come out and do this thing. This will be cool. This will be fun. This will be interesting. It's like, yeah, all right. Why would I want to live anywhere else? I always love it when you hear people that come, like move to Leicester. Because obviously I grew up here and like, it's, it's all I've now moved away for uni but came back. But I feel like Leicester is one of those places where a lot of people come for uni and stay. And um, yeah. I know so many people that kind of, yeah, moved here as students and have decided to stay. And I think that speaks a lot for the city and what it has to offer. Yeah, yeah, I think stuff you hear about other towns and cities, like people say, like the high street is dying, and like nationwide it is. But you sort of take a walk on a Saturday through Leicester, people are going out and shopping and they're buying stuff when they're getting involved. And like I think there's just even like little stuff like there's so many independent like cafes and bars that are like popping up, and some of them don't always succeed, but then they're replaced by something else really, really quickly. And I think other other places don't have that kind of luxury. And I think there is a culture in Leicester where people go out and support stuff. Yeah, especially like the independency, and I think that's really grown a lot with how much people want to support it, which is obviously brilliant. Hopefully, after all of this is over, we can kind of get back to all of that. But yeah, is that because there's like an underdog thing in Leicester? I don't know. Is possibly. Like, particularly with the sports teams, and people kind of buy into that more, and they're more likely to go out and support an independent because it's kind of like in keeping. They'd rather support an independent than support a chain because it is like supporting the other dog. I don't know. You mentioned there briefly about the weird and the wonderful things that are on. Um, one of those is you're obviously the man behind the naked comedy. Which, <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, somehow, yeah. I don't know why, it's kind of like it's always on our annual thing that we have to go to. I'm not sure what that says about me and my friends. But um, how did that come about? Naked comedy. I mean, I'm glad that people keep coming back. That's a nice thing because it is a bit of a novelty gig. And I'm glad people come back because I think it is like the atmosphere is electric in there. And I think it gets better every year. I think people settle in. It's some real magic. So it's For people that haven't been, it's a stand-up show. It's a regular comedy club. There's an MC and several acts. It runs like a normal comedy show. The only difference is everyone on stage is, is almost completely naked. Um and it, it changed the atmosphere. We do it to raise money for uh, Mind, the mental health charity. There's a kind of through line that about body, body positivity um, and people come in all shapes and sizes. Uh, and I think there's a lovely appreciation as well, people that like, you can see acts on stage. The best acts to watch are the ones that haven't asked to do it, if that makes any sense. So we book different acts every year. And it's quite a hard gig to book because... Um, I'm running out of friends on the comedy circuit. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like okay for me to text them and say, "Do you want to get your clothes off for charity?" Because <laughs> if like you don't know someone well, you become like a creepy guy. Do you know, like, do you know what I mean? Like, particularly trying to find like female acts for it. But it's like a, it's a magical one. And like, like Lucy Thompson, I hope you just mind me mentioning it. But I know Lucy. I think was the first year and was the most nervous. Uh, but then it became quite magical sort of watching her overcome it and like like a really like strong thing and it helps that she's incredibly funny as well so I mean, it, it, where yeah. did the idea come from 
for it. it. It started as a shameless game of chicken between myself and Jason Neal, uh, who is uh, a very talented comedian also from Leicester, um, and who runs Proper Funny over at, over at St Anne's, uh, which is a lovely comedy night. Uh, but yeah, Jason and I were really, really drunk, and I don't quite remember how we got on subjects, but we were at the smoking area of the cookie, and I think we just sort of like were bigging each other up and, and everything we'd done on stage or would do on stage or would say or would talk about. And then the idea of performing naked came up. Uh, and Suzanne Rowland from Leicester Fridge was kind of egging us along a bit. And then before you know it, it was like registered in the Leicester Comedy Festival brochure. And I didn't do it and Jason didn't do it. I think Leicester Fridge did it, who were like a kind of charity organisation that support grassroots art, arts in Leicester. So initially it was Leicester Fridge Presents Naked Comedy. And it was just then. It was just in the book. And it was a bit like... It didn't quite feel real until like the day of the gig. And it was like, oh, it's sold out. And the charity are expected loads of money. And it's like, oh, we've got to go through this. We better book some acts and we better like do it. And then I wasn't particularly nervous about it until the day of the gig, like Manhattan 34. And then it was only when I was backstage in a towel. I thought, oh, this is going to be like, <laughs> this is going to be like really, really, really weird. And then, you walk out, you take your towel off, and you get a round of applause for your penis, which is an amazing feeling. And <laughs> you owe it to yourself to experience that at some point in your life, like getting a, a, a cheer for your naked body. It's an incredible boost to your own like, body confidence. And then like it, that, that first year, the effect of it lasted, because it was like 75 people that you see. Like people, Leicester's not a big place. So that you, even now, you get people in bars and stuff, because we've done it, I think, five times. So you know, a couple of hundred people have, have been and gone. And you get people sort of in bars going, oh, you're that guy that gets his dick out and like just, and they're like disappearing to the crowd. So it's, um, it's definitely like changed dynamic. But And is it done anywhere else? I mean, I've never heard of it in other so places. So I try to keep it exclusive to Leicester. I want it to be like a kind of uh, an underground kind of one once a year event. Um, I, I did like, I was approached with the idea of taking it to Edinburgh. Um, but what, I, there is a sort of magic to it. And they yeah. The atmosphere is great. Um, it's held at midnight downstairs. There are loads of laws on it as well, like that you have to follow because charging people to see yourself naked is like um, not to bore you, but it gets into like like sex laws and so it is like a private party. And then whatever happens behind closed doors is like between us and the audience. But then. If I make contacts, like any physical contact, it becomes like an unlicensed strip show, which is like illegal when you can get finalists and money for it. So I thought about taking it to Edinburgh, but ran into the red tape. And B, the audiences that come to make a comedy have always been like lovely, supportive, friendly people. I didn't like the idea of doing it quite a rowdy and like quite a drunken environment, particularly late at night. Some people come and think it's going to be like strippers and jokes. And it, it's ne- it's not that gig. It's not that gig, you know. And I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to put it on that Edinburgh. Whereas at Leicester, we can kind of control it, and we can make sure that it's like lovely, friendly people that are coming. Uh, I didn't want to spoil it and take it somewhere else. And you know, we're, we're talking next year. I've not announced this yet because it's in the planning phase. But best to do it now. Is of doing it twice at the festival next year. The first Friday of the festival, it always happens, and we'll do it as normal. Five comedians get naked for charity. It's eight quid to come in. Audience are fully clothed. But what I'd like to do on the last weekend of the festival a separate gig where the audience get naked as well. It is 
it's like it's like a magical like it does it does change your outlook like i was so like i was riddled with like self-doubt before the first time i did naked comedy like i was so i used to have like i was i think i was 18 i used to have all the kind of like teenage boy uh like anxieties about like like my dick and like you know like all that sort of stuff and just everything else and you know if my body's the right shape and i haven't got a six pack and then you walk out on stage you get a round of applause you do two or three minutes you point out all the things on your body that are a bit unusual people laugh and join in and it's nice and supportive and then you forget that you're naked and you just carry on talking and it becomes like a real gig and you feel so much better i didn't use a urinal in a men's room uh ever like I was so uh, self-conscious. I get like in my own head. I couldn't like. I'm a shy but I could never. Like, I tried once or twice, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't like make it up. I couldn't relax. And then since doing naked comedy, I was like, oh, no one cares. No one cares what you look like. That'll be in the comedy festival brochure for next year. You've said it yeah. now, so you yeah. kind of have to stick to it. Yeah, I mean, again, there's um, policing it and checking out the law on it and stuff. Might be a little bit different, but um, yeah, that's what I'd like to do. And I will say as well that. Uh, one of the things that we insist on the gig is uh, one of the things that we insist on is that there's like there's no cameras and no phones and that all gets like taken off you as you come into the gig so it, you know it's not like something where people uh, you're going to end up with your, your bits and pieces all over Facebook and Twitter and stuff which in this day uh, and age is rare isn't it to be anywhere where someone's not going to take photos so it's a nice yeah, environment yeah, just for that yeah, yeah. So moving on from the Naked Comedy, obviously on each episode of the podcast, we feature a different artist connected to Leicester. And Alex, you've actually chosen this week's artist. Yeah, I've got uh, Greg Paul. He originated in Leicester. He's just moved out to Stoke-on-Trent and he's releasing loads of new music. He's got a great kind of like indie pop singer-songwriter sound. Uh, I find him great to listen to when I'm pottering around the flat. Um, but he's also uh, got like some big Saturday night tunes as well. And this is his latest track called Future Focus.
that was Greg Paul with his new track and you can hear more from Greg over on Spotify and you can also find him on Instagram at GNPaul. So Alex, as well as your comedy, you also run a pub. Yes, yeah, cracking little boozer called The Salmon. So how did that come about? Well, how long have you been running it? How did it start? What made you go into that? <laughs> it happened uh, almost by accident. Um, uh, I, I wasn't something that was in my plan, uh, or certainly not for uh, this point in my life. Um, I worked uh, very briefly at the King's Head, which is a cracking real ale boozer um, on New Walk. I'd recommend it to anyone. Um, so I kind of had one foot in the in the pub scene in Leicester. Um, there was a very unfortunate series of events that happened at the Salmon, uh, and it rattled through a series of landlords in uh, 2019. Uh, and Black Country Ales, who are the wicked brewery that, that own it, um, got in touch and said, well, we've heard that you look after a cellar um, in Leicester. And I was looking after the cellar at the King's Head at the time because I'm a, a real ale nerd and I love playing with beer and, and you know trying to keep it as well as I can. And they said, well, we've got a real ale pub in Leicester and we need someone who can like steady the ship for a couple of weeks. Um, my girlfriend and I had separated at quite short notice. I was on the hunt for somewhere to live. So I thought, you know, I'd get out, get out of the house. It would be good for me to go and have something to work on, a little project. I'd just come back from the Edinburgh Festival. Um, and I moved into the Salmon for two weeks. And the whole idea was just I'd steady the ship and sort the cellar out and keep the pub open uh, and just try and tidy the place up a little bit and keep it nice so that someone could come in, come in and run it. And in that two weeks, I just fell in love with it. It's a magical little pub. It's kind of off the beaten track just a little bit. Uh, it's been around for 149 years, and yet so many people in Leicester don't know that it exists. It's a classic, old-school, haunted Victorian corner pub. And where, is, where is it, for anyone that doesn't know? So we're just behind. The easiest way is we're behind High Cross next to the old Matalan. That's This is the way. Uh, we're on Buckclose Lane. We are two minutes from the clock tower, just down Churchgate. And you'll see us on the left-hand side, opposite the uh, opposite the Haymarket bus station. Um, it's but yeah, it's this kind of lovely old magical building, and you just kind of feel it on the floorboards. You can feel the same like stories and magical moments that happened there. And I was here for two weeks, and I just thought, you know what, uh, I'm going to go for it, and on a, on a whim, um, I applied to the brewery, and uh, the dastardly fools went and gave it to me. And I've been here for six months, and I'm absolutely loving it. It's got a great welcoming set of regulars uh, we've got 12 classic old school brass handful real ale pumps uh we get through hundreds of barrels of beer a year uh in guest ales sorting all over the uk um you know we've got all the screens so i've watched so much football and i've seen that and we've got a beer garden which we are refurbishing uh throughout isolation and am i right in thinking that you live at the pub yes yeah yeah so, so i'm spending isolation on my own in the pub uh, and they're definitely definitely worse places to be i feel like there's probably quite a few people jealous of you right now one of the few people in leicester that is still able to go to the pub yeah yeah so i've got like more beer on site than you could ever possibly drink so i'm kind of trying my best to get through it and it is quite nice like quote unquote working working from home with a nice quiet cask uh, and also sitting in the beer garden uh, i'm able to do that that is definitely definitely a luxury and what are yeah. some of your favorite beers Oh man! Um, so uh, we, 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 what is quite frustrating is what day of the week is it? It's uh, yeah, it's Friday. So we were supposed to start a takeover with a brewery called Shiny. Um, they were going to take over all of our pumps and get us some of their weird, and wonderful stuff um, they don't normally get, like pineapple IPA and crazy stuff like that. Um, 
So Shani are a great little brewery. A lot of their beer is vegan and a lot of their beer is gluten-free as well, which is why we were uh, really excited to team up with them. Um, we do a lot of work with Beartown, uh, who are a great brewery up in Congleton, uh, who do what I think is the best beer in the world, um, which is a vanilla stout uh, called Creme Belly. Um, but yeah, we, we try to mix it up and we try to get stuff at the pub, or certainly I do, which is... Uh, stuff that you wouldn't find elsewhere in Leicester. Um, so try to find stuff. We've had beer from the Isle of Wight and beer from um, the Orkney Islands. We've had beer from like Northern Ireland, stuff like that, and all over the UK and stuff from overseas as well. And just try to kind of, if you like, try something new or try something different. We get through about 10 beers a week. Um, so you come in once a week, there'll be a whole new selection of beer, like a kind of permanent beer festival, um, which is the most fun bit and the most exciting bit. And, and trying to just buy like fun and interesting and most importantly like good beer definitely i mean you mentioned there about you've got obviously got the screens up and play the football and stuff i know that football you do a lot of football based chat as part of your comedy and presenting and things as well how are you coping without the football and with no sport on i mean is that as is that as hard as the being stuck inside <laughs> um it's a bit surreal but i've found ways around it like it's um i've never talked about football on stage so I, I think it makes people upset. I don't like to pop up on stage. But I've, I've done like little bits of football radio and that kind of stuff, you know, and um, I host a, a football phone in Manchester. I'm definitely missing doing that. But there is still football happening. So something I've got into is uh, Belarusian football. Wow. <laughs> so uh, in Belarus, because they've got quite a br- brutal dictatorship, uh, they're like, the government there is like denying that coronavirus is happening, uh, which is obviously awful. Uh, but the other side is that the uh, Belarusian Premier League is still happening. Uh, it's four games in, you can pick a team. Uh, so I've gone for Minsk, uh, who are the smaller team in the Belarusian capital. Uh, our big rivals are Dynamo Minsk, whereas we're like the small team. No Dynamo, we're very like, we're purists. Just one word. Um, but you can pick a team. Uh, bet365. All you need is a Bet365 account and have £5 in your account. And they're showing matches live. So you can still watch football. Some of the storylines in uh, Belarusian football are like insane. Like it, it makes the Premier League look tedious by comparison. It's well worth getting into. Pick a team. Uh, there's some crazy names and stuff like that going around. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good stuff. So that's. That's what I've been watching. Getting Good tip for anyone that is missing sport. So many people saying there's nothing to watch. So there you go. Bet365, £5 in your account, free streaming. So, and then just before we go, Alex, we're asking everyone this. When all of this is over, what is the first thing that you're going to go and do? Um, I think, oh, good shout. I think open the pub, first and foremost, is what I want to do. And I'm really excited to share the pub with people. Uh, I think I'm missing out on like real basic stuff. I'd love to go for dinner. I'd love to go to a restaurant. Oh, where's uh, your favourite not... places in Leicester for dinner? I'm just, you know this isn't in my I'm... planned questions. I just like to ask people. Well, I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you because you're like the, the queen of restaurant recommendations. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've been really craving a Peter Pizzeria. Oh, okay. What a restaurant over yeah at the top of New Walk at the top of uh, Welford Road. That's a great place. Um, I've been. I want to go out of limit. I'm going to abuse my power of being a podcast guest. Uh, I genuinely believe one of the best curries in Leicester is a place called the uh, the Prince of Punjab. Oh, uh, I don't even know it. Right, it's way out. It's down on the it's down off Aylston Road on Cavendish Road. It used to be opposite my house, um, which how I discovered it. It it used to be a pub called the Avenue, and uh, which had a certain clientele, and the Avenue got closed down, and it 
a very sweet family came from London and who moved to Leicester with the intention to open an Indian restaurant. Uh, and they opened an Indian restaurant, they had a licensed bar. And what happened is all the old clientele of the avenue uh, would just go in there anyway and just stand at the bar and drink. But they've still poured all their heart into making this beautiful Indian restaurant. Um, as a family, uh, they cook everything to your own um like there's no real menu they just kind of like cook what they think you'd like based on a few questions i think pound for pound is one of the best curries you'll get in leicester it's such an authentic and sweet place it's also like mental in there it must be the only indian restaurant in the pool league it's a kind of combination of like a rough pub and like a great curry house but yeah the prince of punjab i go once a month it's cracking in there uh big shout out to uh, to bruce and all the family <laughs> Oh, that's a brilliant yeah, tip. Let's go. Let's no, that's go. a great yeah. tip. I'm going to check that out. Brilliant. So, Alex, tell everyone where they can find out more about you and upcoming shows and what you're up to. Uh, find me on Twitter. I'm Alex Paris Hilton, uh, Hilton with a Y. Um, I do apologise. It was a username I created when I was 15 and I'm stuck <laughs> with it. Um, and Paris Hilton is getting less and less relevant as well. So, the, the reference is like dying. <laughs> um, Alex Paris Hilton on Twitter and Instagram and all that sort of stuff. Uh, there'll be some tour dates. I'd love people to hang out with those. Um, and you'll find me at the Salmon Pub. Find us on Facebook. Uh, or find us on Book Close Lane. Uh, we've got loads of real beer. If your dad is coming to visit, uh, he will love it. If you like proper beer, you'll love it. If you like good gin, you'll like it. If you like uh, a nice beer garden or you want to watch the football, come and visit us. You won't be disappointed. That's perfect. Thanks, Alex. And we will see you down the pub, hopefully, very, very soon. Cheers. Thanks, Alex. All right, thank you.